All right then, welcome to Fox Trying in a Foxhole, episode two, <coughs> no, season two, episode 11, number 43 overall. I thank the folks at www.purpleplanet.com for the wonderful theme song, helping out content creators across the world. Ken Harlan, your faithful host here, fantastic day here in South Eugene, probably going to be 70 degrees. That's why I'm doing this a little bit early, so I can get out and have some fun, even though I've got some adulting stuff to do. Big show coming up. lot going on this week, as every week. Big shock there, huh? I think this week's a little bit more spicy. Getting kind of the slow part of the year, we're getting past that. MLB starts tomorrow, so look for these shows to be lively. You know, I keep promising interesting things, and interesting things are coming. I gotta... It's been a, it's been a rough winter. And, you know, when you do this by yourself and uh, not as a team, you're a one-man crew, getting people together for interviews, having the energy yourself when there's other things outside of the world, going on in the world, I should say, especially in a COVID world. But, man, 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 man. Anyway, good stuff is coming. Fantastic day out here. We're watching a little UEFA qualifying, watching uh, Les Blues. The defending World Cup champions. Got to keep an eye on them as many of my PSG boys already had some major injuries, which we'll get to in the beautiful game life. But right now it's 0-0. They're playing Bosnia and Herzegovina. 0-0 in the 18th minute. All righty. So as in every week, as we know, what am I always talking about? That virus that's on the Peloton. Eating the clearing cream. Well, busy week. And it's interesting as far as that goes. But let's get, let's cue it. The COVID Chronicles. Yes, indeed. That bullet list of mine, never getting shorter. And it's funny because like two days ago, there was maybe one, two points. Of course, I didn't really drill down that much, but yes. We have a full COVID chronicles for you as always. A lot of interesting things going on as the country gets more vaccinated and we're at a point where we are moving forward with getting to a sense of normalcy. Not sure how sane that is, but this is what's going on. So, what do we know? Well, I can tell you that MLB, which is opening tomorrow, as of when I put this outline together, they reported that they had two players and two staff members test positive for COVID-19 over the past week. So thus far, heading into the season opener, and my information may be a little bit off here, but I haven't seen anything to suggest otherwise this morning. So far, the league has, ha has registered 17 positives against 73,000 tests administered since the, begin the beginning of spring training. Fantastic stuff. We're making some advances. Players are apparently doing the right thing. I said we're getting vaccinated, so here we go. Of course, there's still a lot of complications. As, as we move to normalcy, there are a lot of signs that we ain't quite there yet. For example, you have the Blue Jays, who, you know, as we've talked about in previous episodes, of all the Canada teams, that country's wariness of travel between their country and ours. You know, clearly, clearly we've had our issues. And the Jays say their first three home stands. It was the first two, but now it's the first three home stands will be in Florida. Because Canada is still determining when they're going to open up the country 
you know, for teams to travel between the countries. They're not quite there yet. They're hoping to play home games in Toronto sometime in 2021. We'll see. Okay, speaking of ML, speaking of MLB, you know they've come out with basically, they've they're they're relaxing their health and safety protocols now, especially when the numbers get to eighty five percent of the players vaccinated. There'll be all sorts of things, but even now for vaccinated players, there's going to be less restrictions moving forward. But you know they have a threshold though, in which eighty five percent will they will allow big groups. There will be you won't have to have masks and things like that. So. Apparently, we're just moving forward. I can also tell you down there in Miami, you know, my, one of my favorite sports, the MLS, that Inter-Miami has canceled their next three exhibition games for safety reasons. Hey, that Beckham's no dummy. He knows Florida is a, an interesting place. Now, I'm not going to get into the arguments because some say they are the bellwether and how they do this, and the rest of us think, nah, man, y'all crazy down there. Anyhow, Beckham and crew for, for in the interest of safety so they can get to the start of the MLS season, which is coming in roughly about two and a half weeks. They're going to cut down on the amount of risks in the coming weeks. And that's, you know, not playing these games against some of the USL and, and other lower clubs where you just don't know what can happen. Can't blame them. It's good to see that the, the Boston Bruins and the Canadians have resumed hockey activities as their players clear that league's health safety protocol. Cool stuff. Now, I've been talking about this for a while. Now it's confirmed the UFC is going to allow fans at its next major event in Las Vegas, and that's going to be uh, April 24th. So, yeah, I don't know exactly what percentage we're talking about, but Viva Las Vegas. Yeah. So, but then again, you have people who do get it. I think this is kind of interesting. I'm not going to say they get it. They understand we ain't out of this yet. You know, that funny little virus. It's, you know, flexing its muscle. You think what you're seeing in some of these pro days is impressive. Well, anyway, how about T-Law? Yeah, our man T-Law, Trevor Lawrence. He says he will not be attending the 2021 draft in Cleveland. This will be a big outdoor event. Gee, I wonder why. Because in this rush to get to have some normalcy and turn that into a major event, he's already had it. Like, I've already had it. I don't know how rough his ride was, but I'm sure he doesn't want to go through that again. So I don't blame him at all. He's about to get paid. Why put yourself at risk? Smart man, if you ask me. Or how about the gentleman for uh, Pittsburgh? I, I, can't, I can't pronounce his name without butchering it. And by the way, I always apologize. Somebody was getting up the other day as far as some of the UFC, soccer, and other names that I just butcher because, you know, I'm always reading stuff off the top of my head, you know, right? So I apologize for that. I get better. Uh, you know, we don't... Like other people who who brag themselves about, I spent eight hours editing my podcast. We don't do any editing. Just, we do this as a take, and what you hear is what you get. I think it's pretty quality with the tools that I have, so I don't really have to do too much after it's done. Other than, you know, put the segments together and upload it to, to Anchor. Anyways, I know, sorry about that. Got all carried away there. But it's a Alalu. So he was, he, he was going to sign with his old club. And then, because of a delay, 
of a CV-19 test, he changed his mind and decided not to go back to Jacksonville and Urban Meyer is going to stay in Pittsburgh. Now, I'm trying to figure out what prompted that. Was it a sense that maybe the Steelers are handling it better? In fact, based on it wasn't, it wasn't their problem last year, it was everybody else's. I wonder if that factored into his decision to stay in Pittsburgh. That was really interesting. And one of the things I also find very interesting is my man RG, you know, Roger Goodell, he is expecting full stadiums for the 2021 season. Now, remember how I told you about the things that Jerry Jera is going to be doing up here with the Canelo fight coming up soon, but he's expecting full stadiums. He believes we're going to be that far as far as everybody being vaccinated and being beyond this. Well, you know, based on what our administration, President Biden and Vice President Harris have been saying, I do believe we are going to have most of the people who want a vaccine sometime this summer. Does that mean we're going to be beyond a threat, especially talking those kind of numbers? I don't know, but obviously the ferocity that we're moving forward suggests the people that are making these decisions feel very comfortable and going full steam ahead. I guess. Um, you know, I told you about this last week. Remember I said about California? You know, how if we got once we got closer to the opening day, that number would creep. I was talking about, it started out was going to be 10%, probably. Now we're talking about a third. Right? I mean, some So, yeah. People are moving cautious. I see Red Rocks concert venues getting ready to open up. A lot of bands are back on the road doing, like, drive-in pod things. So it's on. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting because there is a uptick. Now, I don't know if you want to get too crazy about what the CDC has been saying, right? And that You know, they're waving all doom and gloom. Or as the folks at Outkick.com call the Corona Bros. I don't want to get into all that bull jive, all right? Sorry, Shannon Sharp, I stole that. But, hey, you didn't invent that. They said that back in the 70s. Click, click. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to be real. I, would, I can't wait to where we are in another four episodes. Because, I mean, we're going to have so much data. I surmise we'll still be doing the COVID Chronicles segment to open up. Don't see that going away. But we're going to have probably a whole month. I mean, you're seeing, like, basketball NBA games. You know, obviously, the tournament, you know, the family and special ones are being blended in. But we aren't getting there yet. I mean, yeah, I guess NASCAR's had some people there, but that's been socially distanced as well. But the way these folks are talking about, you know, we're gonna, we want to see regular crowds. Why? Ha! Well, we talked about that over and over again. I don't think we need to go into why. It's all about them dollars. Stan Van Gundy, Kip Mulkey, they've all said it. At some point, you know, we're going to look at profit way, 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 way before safety. And apparently, we're, we're there. Can't wait for, you know, another three or four weeks to get some real good data on this. All right, folks, that was a little bit of a ramble rant. We're just getting warmed up here. We're going to take a short break. Then we're going to, like, get our adult beverage, our sunglasses, and we're going to take a trip to campus. 
way high above, like 43,000 feet. See you on the other side. Welcome back to Fox Trading in a Foxhole. Season 2, Episode 11. Oh, yeah. Looks like Les Blues are having themselves a little bit of a, a struggle right now. It's still 0 0 in the 38th minute. Man, I just cannot stand the international break. I miss my club football. People get hurt. I mean, I get it. I'm not crumbing on it too hard. I'm sure I'll whine a little bit more when we get to the beautiful game life segment. But it's just been torture this past week with the international break. You know, there's been some compelling stuff. It's been very watchable. But yeah, I, for those of us who have aspirations for our club, it's just pure torture. And yeah, we'll get into that a little bit later. Meanwhile, let's grab our adult beverages, our expensive eyeglasses, our cool t-shirts, you know, our whatever hip is on our personal listening device. Yeah, you know, it could be your phone, whatever the case may be. But let's get our Gulfstream 550 and let's take a 43,000 foot view above campus. A lot going on here, but we'll start out with some very, very somber stuff. Get that out of the way first. Really sad to hear about uh, Grand Canyon University's Oscar Freyer dying in an automobile accident right after appearing on the tourney. It was such a good story that they made the tour. The tourney as a 15 seed, I believe it was. Anyhow, a couple of days after they played, he was in a, a bad automobile accident with a couple of his friends. Our condolences go out to all involved and their families and the folks at Grand Canyon. Major, major bummer right there. Really sad to see that. And then you also have the legendary Howard Schellenberger passing away at 87. Uh, you know, those folks who know football know this dude. Well, he was the dude. There would be, it ain't all about the you. It would, it would okay, I'm stumbling over my words. It's all about the you because of this guy. I mean, and if that was the only thing to hang his hat on, right? Coordinator for the 72 Dolphins. A couple of other things they did. I mean, just an incredible sto football story. But basically, what he did with Miami in the 80s, I mean, it altered college football. He's the reason why, why we have what we're seeing today, this big empire. And, uh, yeah, you know, I get being, you know, I know we went on to other places after that, like Louisville, and got their program going, got the stadium built. Got the uh, program going as it was a, as a uh, Florida Atlantic. So, yeah, it just, uh, you know, football lost an incredible man. You know, I don't want to go as far as saying a visionary, but, yeah, you could say that by what he did in Coral Gables, turning the U into what it is and what that led to. Yeah, you know, I know that Jimmy Johnson and Dennis Erickson took it to the next level, but it was that guy who got all those bad boys in Florida to stay at home and the other schools, you know, trying to compete with what they call the state of Miami. 
Anyway, our condolences go out to his family, friends, lots of folks you know connected to that man. Truly a great loss as far as college football goes. Life well lived. Okay, big goings on today. You know, I've been talking about this since the inception of this podcast. You know the Supreme Court, maybe you don't know that the Supreme Court met today to hear arguments in the NCAA versus Austin case. And basically what this comes down to people is compensation, which has been a major theme, major talking points in this podcast since episode one, now that we are 43 into it. It's interesting to get the, I haven't watched it or anything like that. I just was busy with other stuff, but I've definitely been reading up on it. I haven't had time to do a deep dive yet per se, but what I can tell you is someone like Andrew Brandt kind of feels like the, the nod may have gone to the players in terms of how the conversation went. Because basically the justices are trying to figure out if this antiquated system, you know, as far as college athletics and, and amateurism, can it still be relevant? But at the same time, there are fears that, as I've said from day one, and I've been saying it for the last 25 years, there is no way you can turn this into a into a free-for-all. And, it, yeah, at the risk of bumbling all over my words and making this segment go too long, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. I get where the players are coming, and... And again, unlike, you know, with professionals where you're talking about millionaires versus billionaires, you know, yeah, these kids get uh, scholarships, get, you know, access to success that regular students don't. But I think when you make this into a competition where that's part of the deal, doesn't that, you know, take away from some of the uh, legitimacy of the school's mission statement if you've got some, something like enterprise like that going on, I don't know. Me, I've never felt good about it. But I can't blame these, these kids when you understand the kind of money we're talking about. And I brought this up a million times. I'm not going to sit here for the next three minutes and bore you with that. But when you're talking about schools that are speaking of, you know, well, we'll get there in a second. But when you're talking about schools who have discussed losing between 70 and $90 million dollars, yeah, yeah. So it's interesting that we sat down and we're having some discussions. I got the sense from the smart folks, you know, don't wave gloom and doom to amateurism yet. But this is definitely, you know, the, I would say the biggest challenge yet. And I want to say it's a reckoning hour because... You know, if they find some way, you know, kind of in the same sense, like with baseball free agency, what did Marvin Miller say way back in the day? Sure, we could have let everybody, you know, into the pool at once, but that would have devalued everybody. It was better to let a few at a time, you know, not saying that applies. That's not even an apples and oranges comparison. But, you know, I, I feel some compromise has to be enacted or, you know, college athletics is going to become insanity. You know, or some of the leagues that I've been discussing here on these podcasts actually may come to fruition as far as the developmental leagues. Yeah, I just don't know how, if you take away this current system and replace it with something where the schools are in charge, where there will be integrity. Anyways, you know we will be back discussing this again and again. 
But hey, keep an eye on that, folks. I told you it was coming, and now the process has begun. Okay, coaching carousel. What do you all think about Shaka Smart leaving Austin to take the Marquette job? A lot of points that were discussed this week on TV about this. You know, A, if you're Austin, does that, even though you're a football school, you know, I don't like when people say, it's a football school, they don't care about basketball. As we're seeing right now on the tournament, that's hogwash. Basketball is a big deal. It is a revenue sport. Yeah. One, you know, one, I mean, we'll get there in a second. But let me get back to that before I get too lost. In normal circumstances, I mean, you see where he came from, VCU, go to Austin. It didn't quite work out. Some say he would have gotten can, you know, had it not been the pandemic. I'm not so sure about that. But, hey, as, an, as a black coach, being able to go to another school that's got a pedigree, going back to Al McGuire, Basketball-wise, there's fewer parts. I mean, I mean, Marquette's a name. They play in a, a legit conference. I guess this is a, I guess this is a lateral move, but yeah, I think it's more if, if you're Austin, you know. What is that on your prestige, given the year you've had? That this guy's like, but they could say, hey, you know what? We worked it out so we didn't have to fire his butt and, and get the woke all angry at us. I don't know. F-T-I-N-F-X at gmail.com if you have some insights on that one in terms of what do you think? Is this a good move for him leaving Austin to go to Marquette? Hmm. One thing that I am excited about as far as uh, coaching hires go, I'm glad to see Mr. Woodson getting... Get, Taking the IU job, returning his alma mater, had a successful stay as a player. You know, as I was talking last week about the whole Bobby Knight thing. Right. I mean, Bobby Knight, by the way, gave his gave his blessing to this hire. So I you know that makes, you know, the boosters and supporters happy. And I think you need some of that toughness. You know, UCLA, Blue Blood Program. IU, kind of missing from the picture. And I'm not saying he's going to do that. You know, it's been okay as an NBA coach. But I don't think this is, I think this is a good hire. You know, obviously good as far as getting more black coaches out there. Not, never a bad thing, especially guys who can get the job done. You saw what Patrick Ewing did. So, yeah, I'm, this is, I think this is really good. So another thing that was interesting, one Kruger retires and another takes a stab. Lon Kruger's walking away while his son takes over, reviving the Running Rebs program. I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I have a connection to that as well. You know, as, as I am a Cal State Northridge Matador, you know, at heart, that's my, that's my alma mater, but I did get my master's at UNLV and went to many a Running Rebel game when I was there, especially when Rolly Massimino was coach. Unfortunately, those were horrible years after the days of, you know, the bad boys, <laughs> you know, right? But since then, the Running Rebels, which brought a whole nother level of excitement, you know, going back to the 70s with Jerry Tarkanian. Yeah, they've lost the magic. And you talk about being irrelevant. 
I'm not sure if Kruger's kid's the guy to bring UNLV back to prominence, but it would be exciting. And, and people say, well, the, the era is different. No, it's not. Las Vegas is a booming city and an exciting place to be. And I feel that if you could recapture the magic that the Rebels once had on the court going along with the Knights, the Raiders, Vegas would be a happening job. So, you know, I hope Mr. Kruger can make that happen. Good luck out there. So, well, you know, I thought was interesting, right? The numbers go, you know, we were talking about a second ago, and I didn't want I was going to get to this, but I didn't want to get too confused. As far as this goes on many levels, by the way, it'll, it'll lead, fold into my next point. But did you know the 2019 men's tourney made $864 million, Right? And I mean, no, they made $128 million and had a profit of $864 million, is what it was. Yeah. And the women's treaty lost $2.8 million, period. So I'm not taking us Once again, when I was talking about Title IX last week, why I brought these numbers up, and of course I botched how, how I wrote them down in the outline. But basically, the men's treaty is a major moneymaker, the women's is not. And why I bring this up is that you know, the Women's Basketball Coaches Association wants Mark Emmerich to form a gender inequity panel. You know, we talked about the weight room issue, which was a major black eye for the NCAA. Woo! It's all, you know, full of the compensation on this one, on one end, gender equality on the other end, players being able to organize. It's really getting complex. And you have to wonder, and I've been saying this for years and years, do we scale back on this and start focusing on developmental leagues? Because I think we're getting into a really dangerous landscape that's forming. F-T-I-N-F-X at gmail.com. If you agree, disagree, or have your own take. Okay. But we'll be talking a lot more about this in the coming weeks. None of this is going away as I'm trying to, to condense this segment. Um, I think you, we, can, we can bring up my girl, Kim Mulkey, once again. You know, she, she, rang a few, she raised a few eyebrows with that comment about, you know, uh, profit before safety. Then she comes out and says the NCAA should think about abandoning testing once we get to the Final Four because we wouldn't want to ruin somebody's efforts after achieving so much to get this far. I mean, the insanity of that, right? I don't even know if I even said that right over the air. But yeah, you talk about my head exploding. It's like on the one hand, talking about profit over safety, then you drop something like this, like, well, if I got there... We shouldn't be tested because I wouldn't want to be disqualified. I get what she, where she's coming from, but come on, man. You can't say that. That's utterly nonsense. I think you know where that's going later. Okay. Let's get let, let's let, let's run through the tournaments. Yeah. So what, what do we know? What are we seeing? I mean, I want to go through game by game and I'll bore the heck out of you guys. You were you're watching. I thought it was interesting to see Oregon State's magical run. You say ended Loyola Chicago's magical run. But truth is, it's all about the Zags. What did you think about them last night? I mean, you know, I thought it was kind of interesting to see the comparisons to, you know, to some of the really great teams. Speaking of the running Rebels back in the day, 
obviously Jabbar and Walton, or actually all Cinder and Walton's UCLA teams, the great Kentucky team that AD was on. You know, how these people felt like this Gonzaga team doesn't necessarily stack up with one of the greats. But hey, they dismantled a USC team, which dismantled a very good Oregon team. I never thought the Zags could ever get it done in a big game, but boy, I'm telling you, I don't know how they lose. What about UCLA? I uh, think it's great. Glad for one of my CSUN, a guy that I went to CSUN with who played on our volleyball and actually was our quarterback as last year in school, his son in the UCLA Bruins. What a story, huh? I mean, you know, they weren't really supposed to make the tournament, but obviously, you know, the, the, the NCAA knows how, knows where it's bread is buttered, and having them in there and giving them a puncher's chance is always going to draw interest, especially on the West Coast. They are a blue blood program after all. You know, they were in the first four. Now they're in the final four. And very scrappy. Man, I, I tell you, I, that game with Alabama, I mean, I could be sitting here for, we don't have enough time to talk about that. But yeah, it's what an incredible display by them. Uh, you know, they're, they're scrappy. They have a lot of heart. And uh, they're pretty clutch. I don't know if they can beat the Zags or Baylor for that matter, or Houston making its return. I mean, Baylor hasn't been to the Final Four since 1950. Then you have, you know, Houston hasn't been there since Fly Slamma Jamma. Yeah, it's cool. You only have one team with UCLA. That's obviously where they have, like, 11 championships. The other three don't. So it's going to be some fun viewing over the weekend. Over there on the ladies' side, eh, you know, not too much of a shocker, right? Three of the number ones made it. And then you have a three in Arizona. So no shock that you've got UConn, Stanford, and South Carolina. Uh, Baylor was pretty hot about the no, the no call. that They feel cost them that they would have beat UConn. What did Gino say? Not going to apologize for it. And we know Gino won't. Yeah, yeah. NC State being the only women's team not to make it. Memphis wins the NIT. And Penny proclaims, you know, Penny, Penny Hardaway, back at his school, he says this is the start of something special. We shall see. Okay, so on my way out of this segment, I apologize for it being long, but a lot going on on campus this weekend. This is even as long as it could have been. I'm trying to, like, keep it sane, y'all. What about Auburn suspending its highly successful bass fishing team for repeated COVID-19 infractions? I don't even know where to begin with that. Okay, I didn't even know you could have a successful bash fishing team. And they're outdoors. Unless, you know, they have some wild parties. Whew. And my last point, you know, Florida. What's going on there? We've got like five, six players entering the transfer portal. You know, I, it, yeah. A lot of things, a lot of interesting stuff going on in far, uh, as far as campus goes. As I've been, as we've said from day one of this podcast, going to be interesting to see how this all looks when we get to normal. I was thinking 2023, but the way it's looking, we're going to have a vastly different look in 2022. Maybe even 2021 at, at this rate. Anyway, we'll be back on another segment. 
Lots of interesting stuff still to talk about. Welcome back. Fox trying to get a foxhole. Season 2, episode 11, 43 overall. France, Bosnia-Herzegovina. Minute. Yeah. Defending uh, champions. World Cup champions, that is. Looking a little scrappy during this international break. Hmm. Maybe it's because Adrian Rabiot is on the squad. For those who know about these such things. Anyway, let's talk about something you should probably know or just a window into what's going on in the world of sports. So, all kinds of interesting things to talk about this week. One would be the USOC's decision to okay kneeling at the upcoming Olympic trials. And... And at this point, I'm sure there are going to be people who are going to get cranky and have their take on it as far as, you know, keep it out of sports, don't make the Olympics political. Well, they always have been. Uh, I think we're at a point now, as we've seen, talked about ad nauseum, and we'll get to more about that. Let me just fold that into something else, actually. So, I guess, what do you all think about the Yahoo news poll that claims nearly half of America changed its sports viewing habits once political and social messaging spread across the leagues. I mean, for example, the NBA has had a drop. It's like, what is it? they're down 40% from their numbers in 2019 and, tw- uh, yeah, and 27% from 2020, just for, as an example. Um, so, yeah, the fact that this... This sort of uh, now we'll just just to be just to be fair, you know the players expressing themselves, you know through all types of uh, gestures, whether it be kneeling, whether it be the the signage on the jerseys and things like that, the messaging I should say. Um, yeah, it's having an impact, and they say and may and if the idea is well, we don't want those people watching us anyway. Well, the numbers say, yeah, you do. So, the leading at the Olympic trials are going to be here, by the way. So, it's not really going to be that much of a backlash. If you know Eugene, you know, but across the country, just like at this point, whatever, we, you know, got, we've, we've already went through this and it's going to happen. Every time you turn on soccer, whatever the case may be. You know, and if it bothers you, don't watch. And apparently a lot of you aren't. Plain and simple. Along those lines, I thought it was kind of interesting. The NBJC is calling for a boycott of the Masters if the tournament's not removed from Georgia. Yeah, that's a WTF for me, dog. Now I get, if, you know, I don't want to get into the interpretation 
of those new voting laws. You know, every, obviously they're butthurt after the Senate races, but this is still a political show. Tune into somebody else's podcast if you want analysis about that, because I can't give it to you. I mean, I could, but I know better. Simple as that. <laughs> that said, the master's not in Augusta. And by the way, if they could stand up to the feminists, remember that whole thing with Hootie? Remember how this is the master's 56 minutes without commercials? They went without commercials for years. So I have a feeling uh, this coalition, yeah, it, you know, my, you know, my our friend of the show, he, he suggests like the masters are lucky. Because, you know, we talked about the All-Star game last week, that there were more time with this, there'd be more pressure. And I, rep I retorted back to Alec and said, oh, I don't think so. I feel that knowing how the masters stood up to the feminists and even... It's oh, way before we were woke, the idea of not having African-American members at Augusta. I don't think they're going to roll over on this. You know, you're not going to, I mean, boycotting Augusta. I think it's interesting that even Hollywood that has a lot of production companies and they do a lot of filming in Georgia, they're not too uh, keen on this either, saying that why would we do something that hurt, that hurt our people, right? People that are working. Especially now that we're getting past this pandemic to the point where life on some form of normalcy is happening. So, yeah, I, what do you all think? FTINFX at gmail.com. I just say, I think calling for a boycott of a uh, Masters and the idea of the I mean, it, somebody said it wouldn't be the Masters if it wasn't in Augusta. WTF times nine. Sorry for being so loud. But yeah, it just, anyway, over in the UFC, you know, a lot of fireworks there as Francis Naganu had a stunning second round knockout of Stipe Mikokic to take the UFC heavyweight crown, wants John Jones next, and apparently that's going to happen. Bantamweight Sean O'Malley avenges his only loss with a third round knockout of Thomas Almeida. And then over there on the boxing side of things... Yeah, you had Dylan White winning the WC, the WBC interim heavyweight belt. Interim, I don't even know what the hell that means. But anyways, he took the belt with a fourth-round TKO of Alexander Bovikin in Gibraltar on Saturday evening. But it was a beautiful sight down there. Speaking of the sweet science, another WTF times nine. Well, this is, well, this is a double whammy. Tyson Evander 3. Now, I know there are people out there who will pay for this and want to see this, but I, I know I'm tongue-tied. <laughs> Tiger Lily girl sitting in the corner tongue-tied. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, Tyson Evander 3. And then there's Oscar De La Hoya returning to the ring. WTF. Who the hell wants to see this? I know you'll see the journalists and you'll hear someone like a Tony Kornheiser or a Mike Wilbon or even or even Colin say, oh, yeah, that it was really cool to see that, you know, see them as, you know, use their skills. I'm like, there's nothing. You don't want, I mean, I'm, I'm their age. You don't want to see me out there fighting. I don't want to see myself fighting. That's why I tend to, like, be nice and try to keep away from, the, you know, the, the, the swinging balls. Yeah, I, I mean, and what? 
So now that Tyson and Evander have made nice, what are they going to do? Like dance around and then, you know, have, and then, you know, split fucking up, <clears throat> split a monster afterwards. I don't know. I may have slipped the F-bomb in there. That's how much it's making my, that's how much this has me rattled. The idea of these guys fighting. Anyways, let me move on from that, especially so I don't get in trouble for cussing too much. Have to mark an explicit. <laughs> wow. Okay, so let's go over to the uh, let's go over to the oval, and we are gonna have the corner man on our next episode. Wanted to get him before Bristol, but actually, I'm kind of glad that I didn't because I actually watched the race because you know the rains postponed it, and then we didn't get to see it till Monday, which was cool because that gave me a little bit more time to dial in less things going on. I can tell you that Joey Logano, that little brat. He wins the wrecked Mard race. Cool thing about that, NASCAR, NASCAR was so excited about this, they plan to do it again in 2020. I'm all for that. We'll be talking more about that with our man, the corner man. Episode, what would that be? Yeah, 0212 next week. Looking real forward to that. And some of the other guests who say they want to chat. So, clap, 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 clap. Okay. We have Lewis Hamilton starting the F1 season in typical fashion, getting a win in Bahrain. Big surprise there. What do you think about this fuss over little Na the little Nas Satan shoe? You know, the one that has droplets of actual human blood. I think it's kind of funny that Nike is distancing, distancing itself from the custom shoe. They're actually Nike Air Max 97s, I believe. They filed a lawsuit claiming negative publicity associated with the shoe is hurting the brand. Yeah. Problem with that is, okay, why did Nike do that, with, put up the same resistance when the same company came out with a Jesus Walk on the Water shoe that supposedly contains water taken from the River Jordan? Reaction around the world is, you know, the sports world that is, is pretty mixed. I can tell you that pretty boy, T-Law, he says he ain't down with those shoes. You know, Whitlock came out with a major rant about them. Anyways, F-T-I-N, F-X at gmail.com if you've got a comment on the Satan shoe or the walk on the water shoes. Yeah, I don't know. I must have been doing a Rip Van Winkle when this whole shoe game, you know, just blew up the way that it is now. I've always kind of known about it, but I didn't know to the extent. I mean, I would walk on the water shoes, really? Okay, let's talk a little bit about Nightfall of Diamonds and skating across the ice of life. Okay, as we talked about last week, and I'll mention it again, as I as I brought up the whole the Augusta thing, the ML the Major League Baseball Association would welcome a discussion to move the All Star Game from Atlanta, based on recent voting laws. Um, yeah, have a discussion, but do realize what impact that may have, you know, on 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 lots of people in in the area itself. Like I said, I mean. NBA, there is a precedent there, especially with the whole North Carolina thing. So I'm I'm not I'm not saying, hey, you know, let's let, let's move the game out of there. But I would be less resistant to this than I would be playing the Masters, other than Augusta. I mean, just 
yeah, there's just some things that can't happen. But the All-Star game, being at whatever stadium the Braves are playing in now, right? How many stadiums have they played in the last, you know, 20 years? So I don't have a problem with that as much. You know, if that's what, if that's what the players and the owners decide it's the right thing to do. But moving the, the Masters out of Augusta, no. That's a stone-cold no for me, dog. Okay, so now that we talked about baseball, let's start tomorrow. And this goes, you know, to all the sports, but I think baseball especially, what does MLB do to reverse the current trend of declining viewership? That's a, and this is, you know, affecting other sports in the U.S. I know they've got some innovations that they've talked about that came up during the uh, pandemic, you know, like trying to have the universal DH and this putting a runner on second extra innings. And I know they have some other innovations they're going to try to come up with. That ain't it. And I don't know how you fix it. Um, quite frankly, I think that the tennis wise will be great, especially with stadiums, stadiums opening up. Yeah. People want to get out, hang out with their lady, hang out with their kids. So I know the ballparks will be packed. I just think if you're not at the ballpark, will you be watching it on TV based on current trends? I would have to say no. Wow. Okay. So the Frenchies have just posted a goal there in the uh, 60th minute. Play Blues. Got to keep an eye on these because, as I've said, you know, I don't want my PSG boys getting hurt. <laughs> but, yeah, I you know, but back to baseball. And it's viewership, you know, problem. I don't know. Um, can't wait. I was going to have my man Ben C to do a preview, but I'm, get, I'm more about waiting a couple of weeks till we have some data, right? Because we can sit here and talk about the hypothesis of many things. But I feel that if we get like a month, six weeks into the season, and can really have some real storylines to talk about, that's when we'll do our look at the 2021 season. I think right now, coming out of a pandemic, what do we know? Can't, I mean, Kershaw and Bauer are giving up, you know, home runs quicker than, than uh, people hook up at the Mustang Ranch before the pandemic. So, that is people with those greenbacks. Come on now, it ain't that easy. Anyway, silly me. Okay, back to serious stuff. So, with baseball story tomorrow, we do have some early favorites. One, so, and apparently the odds makers are looking at in the AL, Mr. Trout, that fat contract and that card that's worth so much money. Hey, Captain America, he's favored to be the, the MVP in the AL. And you have Mr. Magic, Mookie. Mr. Betts being the preseason favorite to win the MVP in the senior circuit. And then, as far as on the Hill, that the Mets recently acquired DeGrom and the Yankees' Garrett Cole are the early faves. So, basically, having the Cy Young, it's just being New York in both leagues. Can the Dodgers repeat? Especially winning in a pandemic year and all those years of, uh, of failing. Well, 
Okay, I don't really want to get too deep into the predictions, you know, baseball being the game that it is. But if they're healthy, and I feel that they're only going to be stronger adding Bauer and having David Price back. Yeah, possibly. But, and they may have gotten the monkey off their back because I don't care what anybody says, pandemic or not. You know, what they did in the postseason, especially when we had them buried for dead, I think, you know, there's, there should be no question about the legitimacy of that title. Hopefully the monkey is off of their back if you're a Dodger fan like myself. Yeah, I think they can repeat. Will I be shocked if they didn't? Well, of course not, based on their past. And not like people, there's not like there, there's been teams on the repeat trade anyways in baseball of late. Ask the Giants about that one. Hmm. You think the, the Astros have moved beyond the cheating scandal? Maybe. Some people say no. And that they still, and what's going to be interesting with fans in the stadium, right? They haven't had to deal with that. I think that really helped them last year in the postseason. But now, those numbers are going to trickle up as we get into May, June, and July. So that's definitely a storyline to keep an eye on as far as how the Astros will be received. Talked a lot about the moves that Mr. Cohen had made, Jeffrey Cohen, when he when he bought the Mets. So that brings me to this question for you out there. Answer this at ftinfx at gmail.com. Who's going to be more irrelevant at season's end? The Yankees or the Metropolitans? Mets making quite a move to be relevant. Yankees, you haven't won since 09. Just saying. Hmm. Okay. And last thing about baseball. What do you think about Mad Bum starting for the D-backs on opening day? Yeah, he's staying out west. But yes, as once again, as a Dodger fan and the rivalry with the Giants, the idea of him now being tormenting the Dodgers from Phoenix yeah, I yeah, what irony would that be? Speaking of the Dodgers' chances to, to um, repeat, but although the Padres are just like them, forget about the Giants, forget about the D-backs, it's all about us. NLS guaranteed to be some good baseball to watch over the long, long days of spring and summer. Good stuff, as we like to say. Okay, let's take a quick look at the ice before going away. Boy, I know these segments are just rockingly long today. Hey, you know, there's a lot to talk about. I said that. Okay, as far as, you know, the ice of life, the Sabres continue to lose. I mean, this is really a stinky diaper here. Current winless streak is now at 18. Really? Power rankings for this week? Eh, you know, they're flippin' floppy. But what do we got? We got the Vegas Golden Knights at 1, Carolina 2, the defending champs, the Lightning at three, the Abs at four, and the Caps at five. I mean, Florida Panthers always hovering around. Not a lot of change there, right? So, anyway, NHL's moving along. Uh, aside from a few COVID hiccups. So, hoping to have uh, our NHL expert come on. Hasn't had a chance to respond back to me, said it was going to happen, but hey. 
That's what happens on the Wool of Podcast, especially when you ain't paying these people. When they do it for a hobby like I do, sometimes you know availability. Anyways, time for a, uh, a break. Get some beverages. Look at that replay as far as to see who scored in the, in the uh, France game. Yeah, yeah. All right, welcome back to Fox Trotting in the Foxhole, Season 2, Episode 11. Still watching France hold on to a 1-0 lead in the 76th minute. Had to uh, do, this is, this is take two of this segment. A couple of things that slipped out of my mouth that I just go, let's try this again. That's the beauty of working in your own studio, putting this on the disc and releasing it whenever you want. No editing. But we could always use a one, two, maybe even three takes as far as the segment that actually gets used. Okay, let's hop into the NBA beat. So, you may know about it, you may not know about it. I mean, I've been really careful in terms of how I've uh, ingested the information here, and I would be talking about this whole beef. But Kevin Durant and Michael and the actor Michael Rappaport. Um, apparently, KD really crossed the line. Well, I think so. You know, as far as you know, some of the uh, misogynistic and homophobic comments that were in these DMs. Now, I know some people are highly critical of Rappaport of sharing that, but a if you're a person of promise or an authority, you shouldn't be sending anything electronically that can come back to haunt you. What does her members always say? Don't hit send. On, on that level. We know Rappaport, he's a loose cannon. But, you know, there's this, this arrogance. And I, I have some serious problems here. Okay, because it just kind of shows you what kind of weird, whacked out hero culture we have going on. We talked about Miles Leonard, you know, him using the K word referring to that woman. Well, that basically got him run out of the league. Not comparing Miles Leonard and KD, but homophobic and misogynist language doesn't get you run because you're KD, but you're Miles Leonard and, you know, you're just a role player and you throw the KB. He ain't getting another job. You know this and I know this. He might, but then again, don't be surprised if he's toiling over there in, in Asia or some or Europe or even even Latin America at this point. If he wants to continue playing basketball, wouldn't shock me at all. For even more for other reasons beyond you know this conversation, but still, it just kind of irks me that KD and then the apologist for, for folks here. I mean, how it was soft pedaled on. All the ESP and FS1 shows I saw this morning, I was really appalled by that. You know, it, it, it just, there's just, there's just something really wrong about this. You know, I, I felt that because it's KD, we have to like let it go. I mean, I get the sense that, <clears throat> okay, Kobe messed up. And there'll be many people who said that 
Kobe should have been taking the task harder when he messed up. Fair, fair, fair enough. But I'm just thinking, if you're going to blackball Miles Leonard, I'm not saying KD at all should be blackballed. I'm just going to be really curious to see how Commissioner Silver handles this. Because, you know, it's just unacceptable at this point, right? And I know Rappaport, he's a jerk. Love some of his acting, but his foray into commingling with the cohorts and the Skips and Shannons and the athletes, blah, 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 dude. You're just a hack, man, you know? I always say, you know, that scene in True Romance, or which one, right? But anyways, I just think of him as that guy, that character. Okay. Um, what a mess. Anyways, I spent too much time on that. We had the trade deadline. Clippers finally get Rondo. Everybody, I mean, good grief. You see Skip Bayless? He was walking around like he had just hooked up with... Uh, Jessica Simpson, you know, because Jessica Simpson was looking hot on Instagram. But anyways, he looked like he forgot about Ernestine and hooked up with Jessica Simpson. I'm like, yeah, we've got the piece we were missing. And I'm like, you're a Spurs fan. Stop making your career off of creating this weird antagonistic thing with LeBron. It's just, it's so, uh, yeah. I mean, does FS1 really think we're that stupid ESPN before that? I've said on many times, the guy was a respectable journalist, journalist at one point. The guy is very knowledgeable. But this crap with LeBron and just like, I mean, basically, you know, hey, if he was, he's a health nut, but he acts like we've got Rondo. Let me just roll out of bed and have a smoke, you know, right? You know, it's disgusting. Okay. Anyways, interesting trade that Portland trades. Hood and Trent Jr. and basically gets about the same thing. Oladipo traded to the Heat. The Bulls picking it up. Vujovic. I mean, there's like 16 trades involving 46 players, and that's the most on a trading deadline date, I guess, in a while. Um, kind of interesting to see Houston and Orlando having major fire cells, basically gutting everything and starting all over again. You know, I would front about on that, but you've got to, I mean, if you're going to, if it ain't working, you might as well blow it up or at least trade your, your available assets for something that'll get you in a direction. I mean, somehow you have to become an a, a, a desirable destination. Now, I know I can't use the Lakers example, right? Because, I mean, LeBron came to LA to become a mogul and, and, Reviving the Lakers franchise just happened to be part of, part of the equation. But that's a rare situation, especially when you're talking about a franchise like the Lakers. But these other clubs, yeah, get rid of the dead weight and find a way. Because I just my point being is Lakers are, are, are a weird example, but they also show you how quickly things can turn around. Because I mean, let's face it, two or three years ago, all of us who were the purple and gold, we were the sour squad. Right, the sour fan base, and now we're on the right. We're we're on the ledge every night. Like, oh, we need to do this. We need to do that. Oh my God, how did we lose this game? I mean, I'm enjoying it. It's kind of annoying, but compared to just that weight of dread. Oh my gosh, are we gonna lose 50 games again? So yeah, you can turn things around quickly. 
can't really crumb on these teams for having fire cells. Boy, we're really rambling, aren't we? Um, then we have the buyout market, which also drew a lot of heat. As LA is in LaMarcus Aldridge, joins Blake Griffin with all the assets that, are, that they're already building in Brooklyn. Signs a one-year deal to Brooklyn, with, with Brooklyn. Um, a lot of people very upset about that. Like, you're building a super team. It's all about winning the chips. We didn't seem to mind when LeBron was grabbing all those pieces in Miami. And even, you know, somewhat in Cleveland. And what he's kind of, you can't really do it in L.A. Because there's just, you know, between him and A.D. There's not a lot of flexibility. But we'll get to L.A. in a second. But the, out, the outcry from folks. I mean, I like it, you know, when they asked Jeannie Bush about it. Jeannie Bush just said, great. You know, you know, let's get it on then. You know, I'm not deterred in any way. That's their prerogative. They have made Brooklyn an attractive des destination. Getting, getting the right pieces. Having a chance to win a ring. At this point, when it comes to guys like Griffin and Aldridge, what else have they got? What, are they going to go to Milwaukee? And, and man, here up in Brooklyn, chilling. Ball close to the action. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. They don't have any rings. I don't have a problem with the Clippers trying to make moves. They don't have any rings. The Lakers have plenty of rings, and, I, and you know I don't have a problem with them doing whatever they can. Speaking of the Lakers, it was thought they screwed the pooch by not obtaining T Terrell Lowry. Not Terrell Lowry. Great <laughs> ones. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's funny. Anyways, Mr. Lowry at the, at, at, at the trade deadline. You know, a lot of people felt that way, but then when it became clear that Mr. Drummond was going to sign with them after buying out from the club, the Cavaliers, and clearing waivers. So anyway, getting Lowry would have been a mistake. 35 years old, giving up THT, but possibly somebody else, not worth it. And essentially just to, to, to plug the leak while, while, while Bronny Braun and AD are getting healthy. Now, getting Drummond for nothing, and I know people are crumbing like, what's he ever done? I go, well, where's he ever been? And at this point, a team like the Lakers needs a rim protector and needs somebody to grab 10 to 18 rebounds a game. We know Marcus Gasol ain't going to get that done. I mean, Trez is a beast, but Trez is a, a bench player, right? Second unit guy, he's, he's the heart and soul of that, and he's doing well. So... I like it. Drummond's going to start tonight. Going to be fun. Um, yeah, you know, I think the criticism of the buyout market in general and how it helps contenders, I don't think it's legitimate. We're, you know, what does Herb Redford say once again? You play the game to win. And the buyout market allows for some flexibility. And if your team isn't a desirable des destination, or you've got too much money tied up into too many players and can't make it work for you, that's your fault. Not the fact that the NBA gives some players a little flexibility. Yeah? Okay. FTINFX at gmail.com if you disagree. But, you know, the thing is that somebody does bring up a good question. Um, somebody was asking on TV this morning, are the NBA hypocrites for allowing this these teams to like form, you know, the buyout market and some of the, you know, the fire cells, but had the audacity a few years back to block the Chris Paul to the Lakers trade. 
Right? This doesn't seem, you know, it seems really weird the, you know, that we're like the NBA. Yeah, you all do remember avoiding that trade, but now you you say that the Nets can have KD, Harden, Kyrie, Blake Griffin, and LaMarcus Aldridge. Yeah, they're hypocrites. And, or for allowing Oklahoma City to like sit Horfield for the rest of the season, right? You know, I said, oh, we're going through our re rebuilding process, but basically we're just going to pay you to sit. Nuts. All right, let's move beyond that. Yeah, yeah, except we're just talking it up today. So, Doc, Mr. Rivers in Philadelphia, he had an interesting thing, you know, after we get past all these trades and buyouts. Dust settles. He still thinks that the both LA teams are the front runners in the West, even with AD and Bronny Braun on the shelf. I, I agree with him. Although I really want to see what LA looks like, what, what Drummond actually brings as everybody else does tonight. Milwaukee, ESPN. Might be one reason not to go to the bar. <sighs> you know, my NBA Twitter this week, speaking of this, you know, I know I live in the Northwest, as you all know, Eugene, some of the Blazers market. But like that guy, Aaron Fentress, all boo-hoo-hooing, you know, about this. And, and just, you know, it's interesting to see the reaction from, the, from these small market guys who all have a presence on Twitter and how their little minions that follow them all start screaming about how unfair it is. <clears throat> you know, what, what, what are you supposed to say? You know, people wanting to go to New York and L.A. over Portland. And Portland's a great city. I live in the state, so, you know, I'm not coming on Portland. But if you're these players, and it's not shocking. I mean, the people who come to Portland, they love it. But for the most part, you know, I hope Dame stays his whole career. Same with C.J. Is that going to get them what they need? I don't think so, but who knows? I mean, that's not for me to say. Um, but I get it. I look at L.A., and I mean, L.A. is LaMarcus who left, you know, to try to, to, to try to like be a, to get a brighter star in San Antonio. I'm not sure that worked out for him. It probably should have stayed in Portland. Now he's in Brooklyn. So, you know, I, I just laugh, you know, right. That the butthurt bucket, you know, vibes that you see on Twitter, whenever, you know, these clubs start making big moves and they're, you know, they have to go sit their chest and go, well, we do it the right way, you know, and we believe in loyalty. You know, if loyalty doesn't get you a ring, then, you know, what does that get you at the end of the day? To quote that man down in Tempe, Arizona, once again, you play the game to win. None of you know, right? Nothing wrong with winning with integrity and core values, but you still play the game to win. Okay. Anyway. Power rankings this week. Utah's one still. Brooklyn two. Sixers three. Phoenix four. The Clippers at five. Yeah, I'm okay with that. That makes sense. Man, that Mbappe is so fast. Keep oh, that guy has got some jets. Always a pleasure to watch him in action. Um, what do you think about Dwight getting tossed for being Dwight? White, white being white, white. Well, the whites to white, but I just think the referees are being too too thin skinned. I was watching that game, and yeah, I, I didn't like that, and I don't like you know 
some of the, it's, it's kind of disturbing. It's been going on for a while. You know, we talked about the, the NHL ref getting in trouble last week. You know, I've thought for years, I've brought it up in the early uh, versions of this podcast about uh, the, right, over the, the, the whole refereeing system of all the leagues really needs to be revamped, especially the big three, big or the four, depending on what you think is the fourth sport, major sport. <coughs> okay, anyway, I know this is running a little bit long, so let me, let me dial this in. Um, yeah, you know, what about Russ? Oh, good grief. You know, I talked about KD at the beginning of the segment and Russ going all in on Stephen A. Smith. Well, dude, you have no rings. And once again, as I just said, you play the win the game with the ring. You said, I'm already a champion. No, you're not. You did not get it done at UCLA. You made it to the Final Four. You and Mr. Love. Oh, sorry about that, folks, for that shakeup. Kicked over a string. Or not a string, but a chord. You know, you've put, you played with some of the best. And you're like, well, I'm a, I'm a champion. No, you are a professional when you make it to this level. That's why the difference we were talking about in the earlier segment. Amateurism, professional. You are a very competent professional, but you are not a champion. No, 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 no. And your wife coming up at Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith can be an Ed. Old California term for, you know, kind of being a jerk. But he's not he's not wrong to just say that at this point, yeah, you put up, you know, uh, triple doubles, you know, right? It's an everyday thing for you, right? Right now, you're averaging a triple-double. You've won an MVP, but nobody cares about that when you get booted in the first round, when you played with Durant and Harden in Oklahoma City, and y'all had no money in your wallet. That's all we see. Quit being so thin-skinned. You know, try, I love how we just have this moving goalpost now that just says, "No, I've got a, I, you know the accomplishments I, the accomplishments I make," when and trying to diminish those of us who say that yes, championships still are the measure. I didn't make those rules up, but I sure do. I sure do abide by them. Um. It's not like we don't give you props for being a superstar and being bona fide. You are. I mean, I mean, this is Oscar Robinson we're talking about in terms of you know, right? He did it once, and we and we talked about it for thirty or forty years. He's done it a couple of times already. We get it, but quit being so thin-skinned. And no, you don't get to determine about that. Well, I'm a champ, uh, you know, on the court and off the court. You are not a champ. There are no rings on your fingers, and you do not get to call yourself a champion, champion without that. A customer professional, yes. Um, a incredible basketball player, yes. Generational, I don't think so, but he's definitely, as far as his era is concerned, yeah, definitely one of the elite players. Okay. I want to, you know, we're just getting all crazy here in, this, in the uh, NBA beat. Um, wow, I can't believe it's been 20 minutes already. I like the NBA's got an Africa League debuting on 
May 16th. Going to be interesting to see what kind of talents they can mine out of that hot bit of talent that seems to be very untapped. Cool thing there. Also kind of fascinating to see, you know, going back to New York being an attractive destination, that they're going to legalize marijuana. So will that make the the Knicks an attractive des destination as the Nets are already? <laughs> All right, folks. We're going to reload and come back and talk some beautiful game on the other side. All right, welcome back to Fox Trotting in the Foxhole. Your faithful host, Ken Harlan. Hey, I tell you, if I'm rambling, I apologize. Like I told you from the onset, a lot to talk about today. There was a lot more still, just looking at my outline. It's kind of fun to have this much activity going on. As far as how well I'm delivering it, well, that's debatable, but we're always working to get better on that. As I said many times, now and before, ftinfx at gmail.com for feedback on how I can do this better. That's what we're all about, is to provide adventures and high-fidelity content. Okay, beautiful game live. Thought it was really interesting that Larry Henry, the great, he's quitting social media due to it being too toxic, too toxic and not focusing enough on eradicating, eradicating racism and bullying. I thought that was kind of interesting because I talked about a while ago the whole thing with Wolfer Saha, not wanting to kneel anymore. I think I love what I'm seeing in the beautiful game in terms of people that are trying to emphasize this should have meaning. It's one after a while it gets to the point where we're just kneeling, we're just we're putting shirts that have messages on, and that's all great. But you know, a lot of these guys are seeing that this is hollow, and this is just another example of it. Okay. Talk on the money side, Borussia Dortmund, the VVV, they are saying that Mr. Hayan, his fee is going to be $212 million if he's sold this summer. $212 million, people. And I'm not shocked, considering what Mbappe and Neymar went for a few years ago, you know, pre-pandemic. But hey, this guy's the wonder kid. He's kind of run into a slump here during the international break, you know, playing for country. But as far as the BVB goes, that guy's putting goals up. So him and Mbappe are the future, yeah? So, yeah, $212 million, wouldn't be surprised. I just don't know in this weird pandemic market whether or not that's possible. And by the way, France held on. So let's quickly, well, you know, I'll get to that in a minute. So, you know, the rumor mill, because it used to be the Messi watch, the Messi watch. Boy, we're having problems with the words today. The rumor mill, we'll call it, instead of the Messi watch. I can confirm now that Sergio Aguero is going to leave Man City at the end of the season. Where does he land? I know the Galaxy and LAFC are supposed to make offers here soon. Ooh, what do we have here? Okay, never mind. It's a Tiger story, but we don't care. <laughs> anyway, not sure where he will land. I mean, I'd be interested. If he goes to MLS, I think it would be a good move for the LA teams. 
Now, obviously, we always have to keep Miami in the in the, in the equation. The New York teams, I'm not sure of, but there are markets. But something tells me that uh, he's going to play at a high-profile Europe club before coming to the U.S. In fact, he made a good point, too, apparently. He does not want to be just a, a gate attraction, European star. Maybe taking a shot at Chicharito and you know, what he did last year with LA Galaxy, which is absolutely nothing other than sell jerseys and put some fans in the stands. So the other story we'll be keeping an eye on as far as where he ends up landing. Speaking of Mbappe, talking about Le Blues, well, good grief, where is it he rumored? One day, Los Blancos is trying to offload this, offload that, so they can get Halan and Mbappe. Then there was Liverpool trying to do this. No, you know, I mean... Somebody should just slap these these trade publications that cover soccer in Europe. You know, always fanning the, fanning the flames. Yes, I know you have a, a job to do and units to sell, but it just gets so annoying, as I've said many times before. Hmm. Okay, big stuff here. As you said before, I hate the international break. For a million reasons. But chief among those, key people getting hurt. And Lewandowski, probably out for a month now. Probably will miss the big matchup with PSG. Byron Strong, they'll figure out a way. But it just really hurts when you lose your players, especially when we're in the heart of the major competitions as far as the European continent are concerned. Yeah. Um, kind of interesting when we had the United States national men's team play Jamaica, then they played Northern Ireland, got past or Northern Ireland. Rania and Pulisic scored. That was all fine and dandy. First win on European soil since 2015. Problem was, later that day, especially we're talking the Northern Ireland game, which would have been Sunday, our under-23s lost to Mexico. Then they faced Honduras on that same Sunday that I'm talking about with an Olympic berth on the line. And guess what? Yeah, I mean, they did face Honduras. I had it all wrong as far as tech-wise. But point being is, they lost 2-1. Soccer Twitter went... You know, BSC, as far as the U.S., with another failure on the big stage. Of course, this is our under-23s, and that's the problem. Some of the people playing with our senior team and a friendly should have been down in that match. You know, there's this weird attitude as far as the people running things with the, with, with the USSF. I'm not over there. If somebody... That, that has some insight into that, please email us, ftinfx at gmail.com. Yes, I know, it's more important for us to make the World Cup than it is the Olympics. But dang it, it'd be a lot more fun this summer if we had a, a, a say in this. Sitting on the sideline, it just lets the negativity continue to rise. Because the truth is, I think there are some amazing things going on with U.S. soccer. But this 
it was just another step in the wrong, in, in the uh, wrong direction. Not good. I know everybody's calling for the under twenty three coach's head. Maybe so. Okay. Yeah, this will be the last three Olympics in a row. Think about that. Not good. Okay, gotta get my uh, two cents in about this. <clears throat> what do you think about the MLS schedule drop and those kit reveals that I was been railing against? Oh my goodness. Okay, the good. You see the Sounders come up with the Jimi Hendrix theme kit, kit jersey and black shorts, you know. That's kind of cool. Then, you know, the very bad. Okay. I root for LAFC. I make no no bones about that. I tell you about some of the goings and, and comings of that fan base. I mean, all the crap, you know, I don't like this jersey. I don't like So we got a new sponsor, Flex, Flex Power Tools. All the whining about, I don't think that's going to look. The minute that jersey was available, especially that ugly beige one, you couldn't believe you couldn't believe how quickly these fools were to spend their money so they could get on Instagram and Twitter taking pictures of them in the New Jersey. I'm just like going, you suckers. I love my fans, by the way, you know, right? I love our supporters at LFC, but I love how much they whine, talk so much trash. Then the minute they can spend something that's LAFC related that they don't have, they just easily part with their money. That's why I'm glad I'm a fan of theirs and I live far away and I'm not as infected by it. Although they did have an, an Adidas uh, anthem jacket that just came out that I thought was fly. And I had to tell myself, nope, you can't be like the rest of your fans who just drop money every time they release something. But yeah, I thought that, but the Hendrix Sounders uh, one, I like Austin's gear. See here, what else did I like as far as the, the kit reveals go? Atlanta's not so much. Really excited about the regular season. Can't wait to see it. LAFC and uh, Austin play. That's going to happen early. Yeah, I, I, like two and a half weeks. So exciting. Okay, let's get to the international stuff. Yay. What do you think about CR7 walking off the pitch after that goal versus Serbia was disallowed? No VAR. It's cool to see Salatan back uh, in action. Had a beautiful assist in his return for some five years. Uh, speaking of Mr. Halan, saw them get blasted by Turkey. Let's see, let's take a quick gander at what happened here today now that it's over. And we know that France won. England takes care of Poland 2-1. Get a late penalty there. Wow. North Macedonia takes down Germany 2-1. Interesting. And Italy takes care of Lithuania 2-0. This all happened today in this window while we've been taping the show. Pretty cool, huh? Wow, that's big about Germany. We'll have to dig into a little bit about that more when we convene next week. What do you think about CR7 walking off the pitch, though? I mean... And throwing the captain's armband down. That, whoo. And we got a lot of grief for that. I mean, he got robbed. But, you know, at this point, I can't blame him. It's CR7. Okay, something that does bum me out. But, hey, we're in the era of COVID. 
the opening round of the USOC is now going to start with a round of 16. And the MLS teams that will be involved is going to be selected on where they are in the standings of that time. So if you're at LAFC and you have like two expansion teams in your first three games, which you should probably win all three if you're firing at all cylinders, does that give you more of an advantage? Not happy about that, but I understand logistic-wise because, as we talked about in the first two segments, we ain't out of this. And a tournament like the U.S. OC, United States, Lamar Hunt, U.S. Open Cup, has to, you know, do whatever it can sensibly so they can get back off the ground. Suck that we didn't have it last year. Glad they're making something happen this year. Just not sure. I I dig losing around and then how it's going to how teams that MLS the MLS teams that are going to be involved how that's being selected. Little leery on that, but hey, it is what it is. Um. Okay. What what about you know all this talk about when we talk about the World Cup? And all the human rights protests. What does it mean for like, because you know, Qatar's uh, hosting it. Actually, you know, and you know, PSG, the Qataris own PSG. And this is getting to be, you know, as we get closer to the World Cup, you know, there's going to be a lot of light on the human rights violations in that country. That you know, the migrant workers who are building all the fantastic palaces you'll be that you'll be seeing, in next year, basically. So, uh, it was interesting what, what Tony Cruz said. And he thinks it's a mistake to, to, to have awarded the World Cup to that country. But now that we're there and we're moving forward with it, like Augusta, he just says a boycott's not the way to help people. You know, right? There's got to be other ways to help migrant workers overcome deplorable conditions in that country. But boycotting the World Cup and creating more confusion... He doesn't believe that's the way to go. And I'm with him there, with it in that regard. Okay, folks. That was another interesting segment. We'll be back to club play here in two days. Really excited about that. Smiling from ear to ear. Meanwhile, hopefully, we everybody gets back to their clubs. And, you know, obviously, like I said, Lewandowski, that's major. Marco Verratti of PSG got a major nick. But anyway, we'll be back to club play. Starting Friday, I have a lot to talk about. We can return to the beautiful game report next week. In the meanwhile, we are going to move on to the NFL report on the other side. Okay, welcome back for... One last segment, season two, episode 11, number 43 overall. Beautiful day out there, getting better. Great. 60, could probably get another 10, 15 degrees in the next hour or so. Brilliant. So let's talk NFL report here. Woo, big trading going on. Niners and Dolphins swapping order. Niners now have the number three pick in the 2021 draft. What does that mean with Jip for Jimmy G, especially since they're talking about either Fields or the kid from Alabama? They know how the kid from Alabama went from possibly being in the second round to being in the 20s to all of a sudden being a top five pick. 
<coughs> excuse me, Dolphins acquiring the Eagles' number six pick. A, the Eagles are truly in on Jalen Hurts, and they're not trying to address a quarterback. And the Dolphins, well, we know they have Tua, so I'm not sure what they're necessarily up to, or, you know, aside from getting some more protection around him or some more weaponry around him. I don't know what the hell is up with the sudden urge to mortgage the future for a young gun. I mean, we go through this wave every couple of years. People get burned, and, you know, sanity starts to prevail again. But I feel like there's a certain lust, you know, when you see the emergence of Lamar, obviously Showtime Mahomes, Josh Allen. You know, everybody's got this lust. And the track does mean, okay, Josh Allen, people had had issues with, where people raved about Rosen and Carson Wentz. So I'm not so sure you need the mortgage. Like, I mean, just use the Washington football team example. They're like, well, hey, should shouldn't they package some of their defensive assets up and some other things so they can go hire in the draft? I'm like, no, you've got. Fitzmagic, you've got Tyler Henneke, you've got Kyle Allen. You don't need to do that, especially if you've got a you've got a solid defense that you don't need to break apart. You don't have a spare parts. I just feel this idea of mortgaging up. You know, some of the I mean, some of the compensation that's being given away. You know, I saw that happen. You know, you know, flashback eight nine years ago with RG three. I mean, you better make it, you better hope that you have something to show for it. You know, that's why I'm not the biggest fan of it. I feel like you can get that guy with other means, especially if you're making the right decisions in the front office. Just me. Big talk this week is the NFL announcing a 17-game season starting, coming up in 2021. Don't like that there can't be, you know, that 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 even I would have rather get rid of an extra preseason game and go to 18 games. But that said, you know, Alvin Kamara came out cranky, rightfully so. You know, and everybody that's has half a brain on this subject, y'all bargain that away. Basically, you, you the concessions. That took away the extra preseason game. Well, the greedy owners are like, okay, we're going to have a, a another regular season game. You basically bargained that away. <sighs> yeah, there's some there's some major hypocrisy here. Talking safety, we see what an attrition sixteen games are. I mean, in fact, I wouldn't be you know I like watching football, okay, but the set the same part of me says probably go back to fourteen. I mean, just looking at what a mass shooting these teams are. Look at how banged up Kansas, Kansas City was. Well, that's how they got, you know, I mean, back in the day, what did they say? You know, it takes a little bit of skill, a lot of luck, and luck in you know, avoiding the injury bug. Um, I do think the 17th game, as far as being able to have some Intriguing matchups now that you know you're gonna have some. We're gonna have some more 
Yeah, I mean, intriguing matchups that go beyond you know what the, what the, what the, the previous format had, which is you know you play you know you rotate playing the divisions in the conference, you play a division within your conference. Now you have a game that they can sort of assign to you that normally would take three or four years. So I think I do like that part of it, but I just think it's going to be a grind. I think it's cool that the uh, Super Bowl is going to be in SoFi next year. I think that's pretty cool. But, you know, I mean, I can't wait to see what that place is going to look like with fans in it. You know, I mean, we've talked about it in the past, the whole L.A. sports thing. Um, and its fickleness. But now that they're going to have, a, finally, a world-class facility for NFL. And I would be curious to see what the vibe is like. I'm really glad to see the Super Bowl is going to be there. Ah, I didn't even want, see, I, I, I let it like fall down in the order. This is a Sean Watson thing. It's getting so, it's, it's not even a stinky diaper anymore. It's a sewer. It's a, it's a sewer. Yeah, no? No, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know what to say at, 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 at this point and how that's going to be handled. We have a lot of people who are saying that, you know, if this is a witch hunt and that, you know, we're messing with the brother's money, if he's being that much of a dirt bag and you have this many lawsuits, what do they always say? When there's smoke, there's usually some fire. Well, man, this is turning into an inferno. For his sake, I hope that he can vindicate himself, but... He's putting the league in and Commissioner Goodell in a very tough spot. And I think these woke sports people need to just bite their tongue. And same with some of the athletes. Let this thing play out. The last thing you need to do is be victim-shaming somebody of this day and age. It's unfortunate, but if, if this is smoke and mirrors, it'll play itself out. He's definitely got the money. He's got Rusty Harden, you know, you know, as his lawyer. He'll be all right. Everybody else should just walk away from this because this has become a sewer. Well, we talked about Tampa Bay last week and, you know, getting some of his pieces back. Well, they added another one with Fournette. They have 22 starters returning. Safe to say, NFC, they're probably the favorite. We're going to have some competition, but tell me, is there anybody else looking at it realistically with what they have on both sides of the ball plus the GOAT? Yeah. I think it's interesting that the Giants are out there talking about they think Danny Dimes is a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. Really? Based on what? He's all right, but he's no Josh Allen. And I'm not sure Josh Allen's a Super Bowl caliber quarterback either. Playoff caliber, yeah. But I'm not even sure I've seen that much in Danny Dimes thus far. Mr. Judge has got a good thing going on down there or up there in New, you know, New Jersey. But I'm not ready to go there. And then you have Justin Fields, who says he's the best quarterback in the draft after having an eye-raising pro day where I believe he turned in a 4-4-4-40 time. Impressive. Well, 
I'm glad you have faith in yourself, but the track record with Ohio State quarterbacks says otherwise. So if you're a San Francisco or these teams have traded up and you're thinking about going that route, buyer beware. Why not Hugh Jackson? Does he just need to go away? Say he was sabotaged? You know, that's an interesting narrative that people have, have spun, you know, about why is it that African-American coaches always get a train wreck and then, you know, get fired when they're unable to make it happen? Hey, opportunity is opportunity, and it is what you do with it. I'm not sitting here, like, poo-pooing, you know, people who make the argument, but, you know, why? You went 0-16, right? If you're all that, you are the person to lead them out of the darkness. It's been done before. You know, stop saying, well, I was sabotaged. I wouldn't have taken it. You take the opportunity to get a head coaching job in the NFL, or you don't, Okay. Don't cry in the media three or four years in the aftermath. But he's always been kind of a whiner. Okay, that's perfect way to fold into TMA time, Turd McCory. You know, that time of the week where we hand out those complimentary bowls or those large bowls of the smelly varieties. And all of a sudden, in the last couple of weeks, well, 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 a lot going on in the sewer. Because <laughs> we have a lot of bowls to hand out this week. We'll start out with Marshawn Lattimore getting busted with a loaded and stolen handgun. Bro, a stolen handgun? You got a big stainless steel ball for that one. And, okay, I'm going to give a complimentary ball to Kim Mulkey for being Kim Mulkey. Come on, that comment about the Final Four, really? Give, one, give a bull out to the whack job that attacked Oregon State announcer Mike Parker in Indy because he thought Parker was carrying a bomb. Have we gotten that paranoid? Glad that he wasn't seriously hurt there. But yeah, that guy deserves a bull. I think we got to give a big stainless steel bull of the smelly varieties, the Auburn Yucks that rolled Toomer's Corner after Alabama lost to UCLA. I am so sick of fan bases reveling and like it's a victory for them when their rival loses. Hey, they are good enough to be there. Where the hell was Auburn? You don't get to you don't get to have a moment at somebody else's expense. How it's just lame. <coughs> I think KD and Michael Rappaport definitely both of them deserve a large stainless steel bowl. No way should we be hearing about that. I'm going to give a complimentary bowl out to the University of Central Florida. Putting up billboards in like Georgia or other areas of Florida in, the, in their, their recruiting rivals territory. Do the talking on the field. Putting up billboards if you can't get it done. It's like, and nobody respects you as far as when you do well enough to put you in a position to win a national championship. Figure out a way to get it done on the field. Billboards, just like spend that money elsewhere. Help out a kid who needs books or something like that, you know, or needs some kind of other assistance. Ridiculous. And we're going to give one more. We'll give, I mean, Skip Bayless has got a collection of, of, of bowls. We'll give him a complimentary bowl. Did you hear that rap this morning? What a reach. We, you know, while Jeannie Buss welcoming Andre Jumbrand with a picture of her father and Kareem doing kind of the same thing and Skip according it to that 
Jeannie thinks Andre Drummond's going to be the next Kareem. There is no next Kareem. She loves her father. She's just honoring her tradition. But leave it to Skip and his whacked-out obsession with LeBron to come up with some nonsense like that. All right, folks. We've reached the end of another fun episode. That's been a little bit rough, and I apologize for that. But, hey, we, we're here doing this every week. It's going to get better. Exciting guests in the pipeline. Hope to get the other podcast back up and running here soon as well. Let's stay safe. We're almost there. All right. I'm out to uh, get some adult beverages and enjoy some of the sun. I'll talk to you in a week with some more interesting stuff. Till then, please be safe. We're almost there. <laughs>